just a few months into us being married, he comes home one day. He says, hey, babe, I think I want to be a pilot. And during that time he was away, there were some overnight things. There were midnight flights. And, and I thought that was the worst part. Like I thought that was going to be the brunt of it all. But when he finished flight school, which was right before COVID, there were still lots of pilots out there. So as far as jobs and airport locations, you had to go where there was an airport available where you could be stationed. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined once again by Peyton Garland. She previously featured on episodes 191 and 226 of Broken Bulbs. Now, Peyton is a writer, a wannabe rapper, and a coffee shop hopper who just loves connecting with people. Her debut book, Not So By Myself, was promoted by former White House Press Secretary Dana Perino and endorsed by TED Talk speaker and creator of the More Love Letters movement, Hannah Brencher. But she also found herself struggling in a long-distance marriage. That's coming up after the break. Real quick, before we get into today's show, I wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether it's sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think will get something out of it, leaving us a review, or supporting me directly on Patreon. Now, when you support me directly on Patreon, you can do so for as little as $3 a month. You'll receive a postcard from me and a bunch of bonus content, not just for Broken Bulbs, but for the other podcasts I work on as well. That's patreon.com slash Williams or just click the first link in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Peyton Garland, ready to talk about another one of your broken bulbs? Let's do it. Fantastic. So in in this one, in this conversation, we're going to be talking about you being a newlywed and having to live apart from your husband, which, I mean, any sort of long-distance relationship would be difficult. So tell us about the isolation and stress and, and where that ultimately led you. Yeah. So my husband, when we first got married, he was actually a sales rep for the Atlanta Falcons football team. So we were, we were making good money. Things were very comfortable. It was a standard nine to five sort of life. There was a routine I could depend on. I knew exactly when he was going to be home and I found comfort in that schedule. And maybe just a few months into us being married, he comes home one day out of nowhere. Like this is not something that has ever been mentioned. He says, Hey babe, I think I want to be a pilot. And I'm like, how did we go from sales rep to pilot? Like you didn't even mention that you like airplanes. I, I, okay. So that's what I said. I said, okay. Um, flight school lasted about a year. And during that time he was away, there were some overnight things. There were midnight flights. And and I thought that was the worst part. Like I thought that was going to be the brunt of it all. But when he finished flight school, which was right before COVID, there were still lots of pilots out there. So as far as jobs and airport locations, you had to go where there was an airport available where you could be stationed. We lived in Georgia at the time. And the only airport that was available was in Indiana. So he packs up and moves to Indiana by himself. And we had just moved to a different town in Georgia for me to start a new job. So I, I didn't know neighbors. I didn't know who my coworkers were. I was, I was not near my family to the point where I could just run home if I was homesick or, or lonely. I was completely by myself. And the one person I knew was now eight, nine, 10 hours away. 
And so he and I lived like this for months, just apart. Hit or miss, might see you on a weekend, might not. I don't know. It depends on my flight schedule. And that was our life for about a year and a half. There was just a ton of back and forth, touch and go. And being newly married is already tough because you're, you're literally living with another human and trying to adapt to the fact that it's not just you anymore. But then when you're not living with them and they come home and it's back and forth, back and forth, there's a lot of stress that comes with that. There's a lot of pressure to still be the good wife, even though you don't even know what that looks like because he hasn't been home enough for you to understand what that looks like. And isolation in general is tough, whether you're married or not, because what I've learned about isolation is what happens when you're by yourself and when there's no distractions, there's no one around to keep you busy is usually the monsters can kind of creep out of your closet, the stuff, the monsters under the bed that you've ignored, they can come out and you have to face a lot of things you've never wanted to face because there's nothing to distract you anymore. It's just you and, and more of you. And for me, isolation was hard because I battled perfection my whole life. I battled performance and I was not handling my marriage well. I was not handling isolation well and all of this failures piling up and up and up because I'm not perfect. I am not succeeding. I am not plugging into the community because I am so isolated and I am so ruled by fear and loneliness that I'm not growing And that's really tough. And when you sit there like I did and you let isolation rule your day, then your weeks, then your months, you're eventually not okay. And there's no other way to say it. You're not functioning well. And for me, I woke up one morning and was like, you know what? You're you're not even you. (laughs) Like this, this is not helping. I had done a medication before for mental health. Like I had talked to professionals, but this was my first big girl appointment where I finally called like a a licensed professional. And I said, Hey, I've got to come talk to you. Stuff's not okay. And this was the whole movie scene of she handed me a cup of green tea. I sat on this big comfy couch. She sat on this chair across from me. She got out a notepad. I'm telling her my life spilling all the hard stuff to her. She's scribbling everything out. And she looks up at me and she goes, you, you have OCD. Like the, not only is isolation hard for you, but it's been so hard because you're you're battling a, a mental health problem. Your, your brain is misfiring to the rest of your body. And this is something we've got to deal with. And I'll be honest, that therapy just week after week is honestly what got me through that season of my husband, Josh, being gone. Like it almost became something I was dependent on because I, I showed up. It was, it was always hard. It was an hour of just being vulnerable. It was an hour of, of talking about the monsters and not just talking about them, but dealing with them, learning techniques to deal with them after I left therapy and went back home and was by myself. And I saw a growth there that, that had been stagnant. Just a piece of me that had been stagnant was finally growing. I was understanding myself. I was recognizing that perfection is impossible, particularly when you're human particularly when you're going through a hard season. And what that did is it allowed that those same thoughts to eventually work their way into my marriage. I'm not perfect. My husband's not going to be perfect. I'm not a perfect wife. He's not going to be a perfect husband. And so the beauty is once he finally got home and we got into more of a, a routine and more of a groove, we just understand that flaws are a part of life and, and they're no longer a source of tension for us. Not that we're perfect by any means, 
but, but we understand I'm battling OCD. He has a job that in this, this COVID pandemic, it's just a tough market. And we've just been able to embrace this lack of perfection is a sign that we're growing. And that's all because I was eventually willing to stumble into a therapist's office and spill my guts. Yeah. I, I really appreciate how your whole, your whole journey that you shared with us in, in previous episodes um, as, as well has kind of taken you to this opening up and having a conversation about where you're at with your mental health and, and kind of taking us through that and, and then sharing that with, with others so that they can improve as well. Now, as, uh, as I always do, looking for some advice, um, what, what are some of the biggest strengths that, that you've found through talking about this and through therapy and through medication and everything else? What are the biggest strengths that you've been able to develop for yourself? You know, it, it's ironic, but my biggest strength is owning my weakness. That that has been the pivotal thing for me. It's it's a, a thorn in the side <laughs> is what I call my OCD. It's just what I show up with and I battle every day. But the biggest strength has become this realization that, okay, this is my thorn. It, it's going to be there tomorrow and it's going to be there the, the day after tomorrow. So what do I do with it? And so I've learned that with OCD, with this thorn in the side, I can actually prune it. Like I can chop away some things that don't need to be there. I can show up and dig a little deeper in areas that I need to dig a little deeper. And eventually I'm a firm believer that the thorn can bloom if you prune it. And what happens is you now have something that people can look at and go, hey, something's growing there. Despite the hard stuff, something's growing. And for me, the strength is is not only owning the weakness, not only working through it, pruning it, digging it out, but also turning around and telling other people, hey, look, this is what I'm having to work on. Because you don't want people to just see the bloom, the end effect, because then they don't understand you. They don't understand the journey. There's a disconnect in reality. But the second you say, hey, this is what I'm working on because it's hard. And because every day when I wake up, it's there. And every night when I go to bed, it's there. But we've got to do something with it. Then people can actually see that there's a beauty to the process of owning what you're not good at and what you're not handling well. And of course, at the end of every episode, I like to hear what else you have going on. Of course, you have written a book and it's out and available now. Do you want to tell us what it is, what it's about, and where we can go to find it and the rest of your work? Sure. So Not So By Myself is my book and it features that battle of loneliness. While my husband Josh was away, I talk a lot about my mental health and the power of community when you'll actually tap into it, what vulnerability and freedom look like. It's a shorter read. So if you're not a big book person, it's easy to breeze through. You can find it on Amazon. That's probably going to be the cheapest, quickest way to get it. But if you want to read more about my blogs, more of what I'm up to on social media, you can visit me at PeytonGarland.me. Fantastic. And I'm going to have links to all of that down in the show notes to make it super easy for everybody to go and check out your work. And with that, I just got to say thank you very much once again for joining me. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Perfection is impossible. We all have weaknesses. Let yourself grow through them. Special thank you to Peyton for joining me once again and being willing to talk about her broken bulbs. Be sure to check out all of her work, which I have linked down in the show notes. And if you liked hearing Peyton on this episode, make sure you check out episodes 191 and 226 of Broken Bulbs as well.
And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.